0: Log
1: Talk Radio Log Talk Radio and the world Vegas Bench is back sales and marketing behind the eight ball we've been away for a while doing Liberation 101 on the Warrior Forum but we're back doing the regular sales and marketing show sales and marketing the way it really is, not the way you always were told it was, like the Carly Simon's song. We got the legendary James J. Jones in the house tonight, Pete. Mr. Under the Radar, creator of Micro Niche Finder. Notice I said niche. We're going to have a great show. We have a couple of surprise calling guests, and this show's going to rock. I'll be back at you in a second. Talk radio in the world. What's up, peeps? It's good to be back. The rumors of my demise were greatly exaggerated. Like I said, we were over on the Warrior Forum for the last uh, three or four weeks, taking care of barter business on the world famous Warrior Forum. Thank you again, Alan says, for that great opportunity. We kicked ass over there. Um, got a lot of members that are actually now back listening to my regular show. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting back in the groove here, guys. Um, We've got James J. Jones on hold at the moment. I've got to go ahead and do the sponsor information because that's what pays the bills. And then we're going to get James on. And I'm going to hit him with the tough questions, peeps. This is going to be one of those warm and fuzzy shows. You know how we do it here. Anyway, for the fifth week in a row, I love these guys. Roscoe's Rib Shack on Redondo. The only joint in town where you can get a bucket of ribs for $4.99 and free check cashing between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m. And as always, if you tell them Benny sent you, they will cash your third-party post-dated check. Lickety-split. Roscoe's Rib Shack on Redondo. Behind the Pool Hall on Lindsay Avenue and Redondo Boulevard. Best ribs in town. Like I said, just, you know, Be careful. In that neighborhood, lock the door when you go to, you know, cash the, the, check, at midnight or six. Anyway, I love Roscoe's. I just bust their chops. Great ribs. Uh, we have a sponsor that has been with us before. Then they left us, and now they're back. So I'm already making money because I got James Jones here. Uh, Polly's Funeral Home in El Segundo. 27 years in business. Now offering, I want to make sure I'm reading this right, guys. Discount Paul Bearer Services. You carry, we bury at Polly's. Polly's at El Segundo, 832 West 25th, on the corner of Lindsay Avenue. That's a different Lindsay Avenue than Roscoe's. Anyway, check out my boy down there, Polly. He's been in the business 27 years. When you need to bury a loved one on the cheap, I hate to use that word, call Polly. Again. You carry, he buries. Okay. Um, Trying to think of anything exciting going on. Watch the U.S. Open. Watch God lose yesterday. That was shocking. It's shocking to watch the greatest of all time, you know, playing the game of golf and not winning. But it just goes to show that we're all human, I guess. Although for a while there I didn't think Tiger Woods was. Thought the dude was from outer space. Anyway, other than that, it's been uh, it's been just a standard old, uh, you know, grindstone at the restaurant, you know, chicks calling, trying to shake me down for money, standard stuff. Other than that, it's all good. Phil and I are excited about this upcoming project, and uh, we did a show on that last night and look forward to uh, working with some new members soon. All right, guys, I don't need to tell most of my listeners who this guy is. This is one of my favorite marketers. I'm not even sure why. I first uh, discovered James uh, years ago uh, because he was one of these dudes that always sent out these cool-ass emails that had, like, weird, weird little niche subjects attached to them, like cigar purses and things like that, and... Um, When I first met Sylvia Roth, one of the things that actually bonded us together was this micro niche finder product that he put out. And Sylvia, I think, actually used to affiliate market this. She did real well doing that, and she uses it all the time. And we've got, I mean, I know a lot of my members in the barter course are using this to actually find certain um, niches to sell on trade. And the funny thing is you guys kind of do it backwards using micro niche finder. We'll talk about that uh, maybe later on. But anyway, um, James has been around a long time. The guy has got, you know, major, major time credibility. Um, most of you guys out there know when you get something from him, it kicks ass. I personally process better with the audio case steady, you know, type of model. And that's what James does. Uh, heavily involved right now, I think in a new project, which is PLR related, which is pretty cool stuff. Cause that was something I was clueless about and, uh, The guy's just been around forever, like I said, he touches on a lot of these subjects that um, a lot of you would just probably never even take a look at, and he makes it interesting, makes it fun, and again, the guy's credible, he's been around, his stuff's good. So, uh, without further ado, Brother James, are you on the line? Vince, I am here, brother, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. That was a good intro, right? That was excellent, man. Excellent. All right, well... I don't want to give. I don't want to give like the hundred year bio story because, like, you know, much like your blog, which you update like every eighty years, that bio dude is like ten <laughs> years old. Uh, Wait, well, no, it said, said you. I, it is not. Man, had a dog. I, added that, I added that one line at the very end, man. It says Micro niche Finder in it. So. Yeah, I love it. A cheap plug for a product everybody's heard of, anyway. <laughs> you got to plug something nobody's heard of, man. Everybody knows Micro niche finder. And by the way, before we get into it. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Real men do not order ice water with lemon, number one. Real men don't say niche, do they, brother? It's okay. Unless, Go ahead. Not, not unless they live in Canada. Exactly. <laughs> Especially the French Canadians. Of course, oh, you know, there, are no, there are no
2: real men there, so, you know,
1: face, face oh, I is love covered. it. I, this, this is why I would like working with you, man, because, uh, you know, great minds think alike. Hey, listen, Um, just give us the uh, – Give us the short version because you've got kind of an interesting background anyway because you like to say you're like from the sticks and which I think you're being a little hard on yourself because I'd like to trade, you know, you, you were saying, oh, I don't like my voice. I don't like this. I'm, you know, from so-and-so. And then I'm thinking to myself, man, i trade you my voice for some of that trickle-down money that you're making out there. <laughs> how did it, um, how did you, what, you're kind of got like a banking or corporate background or? Well, it's Sort of.
2: I I actually have a restaurant background from the very beginning. Good God. um, Yeah, that's how I got started in the restaurant business when I was 14 and lied about my age to get a job. Wow. Um, So, yeah, I got started doing that and worked in the restaurant business until I went to college and then went to college for a year and got invited not to come back. And, uh, (laughs) true story. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Okay. um, I think my grade point average was. Probably the lowest they ever had. They, there's only two things wrong with college. Number one, you got to study, and number two, you got to go to classes. And I was never real good at either one of those things.
1: No, those are a couple of buzz killers for me.
2: They are, yeah. So uh, yeah, I went to went to Virginia Tech for a year. I say I went there. I I was there. I gotcha. I, I gotcha. Physically, fit. most of the time I was. Sometimes I was mentally there. Physically, I was actually there. Right. So then, um, after that, I. Uh, I started uh, my my first real business, and that was I uh, was 19. I started a, a video arcade with my high uh, school friends. Oh, cool! Oh, you that like back friends. in Pac
1: Man days and stuff? And yeah, man, it's like
2: 1981. Gotcha. Yeah, I love it. Um, did that, and I started that,
1: and I had my first business failure six months later. <laughs> Was that when the mob came and repo the machines or shook you down or what, yeah. what happened? Yeah, the, truthfully, that's what happened. I mean, are you we kidding had, me? I just we gone, By the way, we, that's we had your gone in, We had gone into business
2: with what turned out to be the North Carolina video game mafia.
1: Oh, like, man, and, and, you know, are the yeah. boys are into vending. That's like they, they still are like – Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's an old – that's so, a, like the Spaghetti Boys, man, pinball machines, pool tables. you gotta, you got to give up a piece of the action or they'll we find were you two. at the bottom of the lake. We were
2: 19-year-old not knowing a thing about nothing.
1: Oh, man. So we
2: got out of that, you know, with uh, with not being, not ended up in the bottom of the You didn't a kneecap true, or anything, did it? True, true story, though. The guy we rented the, it was a, actually, we rented a garage, and we converted the garage into an arcade. The guy we rented that from was murdered like a year later.
1: Sweet, screaming, you know what. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So anyway. Wow. Um, so that was my first business, and then, uh. I well, that wires you up quickly. I decided college wasn't so bad at all. At <laughs> all, so I went back to uh, went to a community college and and spent through about three years there wasting time. Right. Um, and I had a I got a little associate degree in computer programming, or actually data processing is what they called it back then, and uh, business management, and uh, took that and went back into the restaurant business.
1: Ah, uh, boy, and you must really hated life. You got to go back to the restaurant business. See, I can't well, stand the restaurant business. I know, you know, I know you get married to it, but it's not in my blood. It sounded like it was to you. You, you told me before. It is. It, it still is. You know, me and a
2: friend of mine went to the breakfast at a
1: place. I, I went in there, and I swear
2: I felt like I was home. I just right. it was a real country restaurant, and I was like, man, right. it's just. I was looking, I'm like saying, okay, this is why they do this, and here's the, and all the little subtleties, right? Stuff. It was, just, it was great. And I have to. Slap myself in the face, and you remember all the bad times. You know all the all the hard work and everything. Right. You know anyway. After years. All right,
1: you're breaking up a little on me, bro. Your phone. Oh, sorry. That's okay.
2: Um, Yeah, I got back into the restaurant business for about seven years,
1: uh, then. Okay. Brother James. Brother James. Uh, let's see here. We have lost James Jones. And why does this stuff always happen on my show? Are you sure you lost me? Yeah, no, there you go. I can hear you fine. Yeah, well, I couldn't hear you there for a while. You went huh, dead okay. on me. You know, I, okay. I you got enough money to pay your phone bill, so. <laughs> no, that was dead All silent right. air. I can't be funny for 47 minutes if I lose you, so. Okay, so so you, so the restaurant business, you went back to, a, at what point did you, because you got like, a, you, I, I always thought I had a diverse background, because I've been into a lot of things, some of which I can't even mention on the air, but, I mean, for real, but um, you, you've done a little of everything, so at what point, did you do some banking, were you like in, because that's like totally, to go from like hustling arcade, you know, video games, to the restaurant business, to pretending to be a student of Virginia Tech, and then somehow you got into banking of some kind?
2: Yeah, after after the restaurant business, I kind of bummed around for about six months, and I was sleeping on the futon at, a, at a, my friend's spare bedroom. And right. after I ran out of money and um, charged up all my credit cards, I decided it was time to get a job. Right. You
1: know?
2: So I, I was answered an ad in the paper for a, a data entry clerk, and it turned out to be a temp job for uh, one of the well, it was First Union. They're you know no long, no longer there now, but right. It, um, and basically, it was doing a, a Lotus spreadsheet. Okay. And just so happened, just so happened, I was like the a Lotus spreadsheet expert because I, I didn't had know a, anybody uh, was
1: a Lotus spreadsheet expert because I would not know what the hell that is. But go ahead.
2: Then, well, Lotus One Two Three. That was you know before Excel. But I'd had a job out of co- right out of college uh, doing uh, key punch operation using a spreadsheet, <laughs> so okay. using Lotus One. 2, so I knew everything about it. So I took the test and aced the test. I was hired as a dad entry clerk and kind of worked my way up through the ranks to uh, vice president within five
1: years. Wow. So, Wow. You know, I mean, vice president from a complete slacker to vice president, man. Yeah, but you, you know what, though? Cool. If you've ever worked in the banking industry,
2: you pretty much can't sling a dead cat without hitting 25 vice presidents.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, I guess that's so, kind of true.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I used to like to go
1: to Washington Mutual before they bought them up because it was a cool little bank, and they had like all these – hot chicks that worked there, and it was like, instead of set up like a regular bank, they had it set up in like this feng shui-type circle, and you'd walk in there, and it was cool because, um, again, these weren't rocket scientists either. I don't think they were vice presidents, over so they, they must have just went out and hired like the hottest chicks, and that, that bank was booming. And by the way, if you had had like written some bad checks in the past, they forgave you. You could get an account at the WAMU in this town.
2: I Oh, man, that. I tell you, back in the early days of First Union, it was great because... Our clients, a lot of times we have overseas clients. Right. And first thing they'd want to do when they got in town was go to the strip club. Ah, boy. And first first union would pay the bill for that.
1: No oh. This is like inside information you could have told sixty minutes, hey. man. Hey, this is yeah, but this you know, this is back back
2: in the day. Right. You know, back in the day when banking money was free flowing.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> Was and you know what? Time. You could impress some chicks by saying, you know, at a cocktail party, "Hey, what do you do?" Um, I'm a. You could say, "Legit, um, I don't do too much. I'm vice president of, uh, you know, First Union Bank." Oh man, I bet you scored with that line. I would have. You think I never used that line before? I think, so. <laughs> I think so. Oh that's yeah, true. that's great. Okay, so where where did we? Okay, so we got. I assume we got burned out on the banking, and and it's and I and I don't think it's as much money in that as a lot of people think there was. Where was there? I don't know
2: yeah well i eventually got into um into i t at the bank uh right. working for in capital markets and um it was actually quite lucrative the the salary wise it wasn't that great but bonuses were 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 really good right um, you knew uh, if you knew how to play your cards that's the thing you had to oh, basically okay. it was it was it was networking it was networking with the people that were there it was finding the people who pulled all the strings and had the you know who who pulled the the money strings and and piling up with them and seeing, you know, what do you need? Do you need this report? I can do this report for you, you know, on a daily basis and right. hand deliver it to your desk and seal it with a kiss. What the hell do you want? Right, and right. Then, you know, and then they, as soon as bonus time came around, you just remind them of what you're doing for them, and,
1: and boom. That's totally cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that, that is how it works, too. Um, where did we get into... Because it's funny, I did a show, one of my most popular shows was on, uh, Sylvia and I did together, was on the classified ads. But we were talking about how even today it's one of the great places to source things and actually go direct to the public and uh, buy things. I mean, I have a guy here in town that runs this ad for seven years. I buy old fishing equipment. And he's running this little ad so often he's almost got branding appeal. And the guy has oftentimes cleaned out entire um, you know, garages of, like, bamboo fly rods and stuff that he puts on eBay and just makes a makes a killing on it. But I had read something in your bio that you had done a kind of – you started out doing, like, classified ads on the BBBs or what. Can you explain that? Because that was kind of cool. Yeah, sure.
2: Let me get back to your fishing thing. There's a guy here in Charlotte that does the same thing. He buys old fishing equipment, and that stuff evidently sells really good on the eBay. Big time on eBay, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's back in um, – well, back in 82, I guess it was – I started playing around with uh, BBS's bulletin board systems. Right. And these, these were the only way to get online back then. I mean there was no such thing as being online but comparable to today that's what it would be. And it, it was just computers that were a, a computer that had a bunch of modems hooked up to it. Okay. And special software running so other people with computers could dial into it and you could you could chat. Uh, there was a primitive email system but it was only the, the email only worked within that one computer. Right. Um, with the users dialing into that one computer. There was uh, They always had a classified ad system. You could place classified ads. And I started using that to sell different products. I was selling physical products like, um,
1: well, my parents had a, a, a tree nursery. Okay. So I would advertise our Christmas trees every year. That's and a cool business, courses. too, man, the Christmas tree. I know a lot of people run that physically just every year. They make a nice score, and then they go, and Fourth of July, they do the fireworks stand. It's kind of yeah, like a exactly. carny right. thing, gypsy scan. Right. And then uh, and then the fall, they do the pumpkin thing. Yeah, Yeah, right. exactly. It's kind of cool. I think they're gypsies or something. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, they sold some cocker spaniel puppies. From I from saw Alaska. that. I that was some, kind of some, weird. Some computer... Uh, your computer supplies, you know, the the, the big disk back then, the big five mm-hmm. and a quarter inch disk, and computer paper, because you didn't have computer storage. you didn't have places to go to buy stuff like that.
1: Right, and you sure so, didn't you know, have
2: online all, stuff exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, I got into doing that, figured out how to do that, and then by the time that Prodigy and AOL and CompuServe came around, then I kind of knew what people were buying and what you know what I could advertise, and I started playing around with digital delivery of product in the early early nineties. Right, um, and that was sort of the springboard. As soon as the internet came along, and I got connected to the internet through, I think through AOL, AOL or Prodigy, one or the other. Okay. Then it was, you know, it was just a natural. I just, I built my first website in '96 and started selling stuff from that. So, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while.
1: Yeah, you, you're not. It's funny because you, you are kind of under the radar because. You're not one of these guys that comes out and does the big, massive, you know, Frank Kern-style launch every other month or whatever. But you've got a pretty loyal following because you just kind of, you're kind of, I would say you're kind of like just workman-like in how you approach everything. Because I notice there's not much hype with you. It's pretty, you know, pretty solid, workable uh, programs. Like I said, I was doing a, um, I was supposed to do a consult with one of the barter clients a couple weeks ago, and her name was Robin, and she called in. I said, oh, you got to call me back. I'm watching. Some video was you talking about Kindle, and, I mean, the shit was fascinating to me because it wasn't even – it wasn't a hypey thing. It was just a little way you were making 300 or whatever a month uh, with some PLR products on, uh, on Kindle Amazon. I thought that was pretty cool, and you got a lot of stuff you've done over the years like that. I love little
2: stuff like that, and I don't promote anything that I don't do myself. Or right. at least, you know, I might promote someone else's product, and I haven't actually done it, but I know people who have done it. Right. And I've talked to them, and I know it works. Exactly.
1: Which means, I mean, like, take the cigar purse. I'm pretty sure you're not carrying around a cigar purse through the airport. But that was one of yeah, those deals. But I've got, got a couple of them in the house here. So. Oh, good God. Don't tell nobody <laughs> that, man. All right. Um, hey, you know what? I've got, I got Heather working this board, um, and I see my friend in Canada. Oh, we do have a Canadian online, but I'm going to get to her in a second. But I've got somebody here. I think this is Tara. Hold on. Heather, will you pull that call? Hold on. This is a guy from Arizona. I think you know him. Hold on. Uh, yeah, it's Terry. Hey, James. Are you there? Yeah, Terry Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I have a comment, Vince. Like, James is under the radar, but I'm, like, in the radar. I'm, like, focused on, you know, not cigar purses, but on trains. Uh, get him off the air. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. It sounded, uh, like, it sounded like a drugged-out hippie from Arizona. That you know, I. This is why I hate doing live radio because you get some joker that wants to come in and use my show as a sounding board. He wa- hold on. Tell him to send the resume to one two three. I'll kick his ass straight if he calls back. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, that was not Terry Gibbs calling in. Wow. That sounded just like him. Yeah, I know. And uh, you know, again, and then he wanted to. Then he just told Heather he wanted to send me a resume. Yeah, I'll mail that to one two three ass kick street when I catch him. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, this show here, like I said, you get you get a lot of people want to use it as a sounding board to be a star. Um, Terry, Terry Gibbs, and I have partnered on some stuff. In I know, I no, I love them. Terry Gibbs. I talk about him a lot, and it's uh, that was not Terry Gibbs, although I thought I actually thought it was. Um, I don't know what he was talking about under the radar butter makers and cigar purses and something
2: yeah it's hard telling with him you know it's what time of the day is this you know. <laughs> I don't
1: know brother um let's talk about okay let's let's move forward what you you done know where was the big success? Where did the first score come?
2: I guess it was probably um I can almost tell you the exact date actually actually I think I can January the thirteenth of two thousand and two okay um, this is when I left the banking business. I was working for a small software company. And I was already doing pretty well online. when I was working at first Union, I was also I was actually doing about half of what I was making salary-wise. okay And there were some things I wanted to learn how to do. I wanted to learn how to do some out-of-the-box software products. I wanted to to see how the how a real software company put together software and delivered it to the customer, and everything worked perfectly you know from right. the install aspect. I was doing software at first Union. But I had access to all the users there. And so if they had a problem, I could go to their desk and I could fix it. Right. Anyway, that's kind of a long story. I wanted to work somewhere where I learned how to do that. So basically I figured out after I worked there that I didn't really want to do that. And I started really getting involved with the Internet, doing um, collecting email addresses and, and sending out some free reports and stuff. And I collected a ton of email addresses. Not a ton, but say like 5000 I
1: guess. So you were doing like two-step. Like in the old days, you know, the classified ad was designed to get the lead, not make the sale. And it yeah. almost sounds, from what I was, from one way I understand it is, you weren't necessarily even sure what you were doing with those emails at the time, but you were just amassing them. Is that right? I was
2: exactly right. I had no idea. I just heard that it was a really good thing to collect email addresses. <laughs> yeah. I
1: didn't
2: really know what to do with them, so I was I didn't know what the them, so sell them, but that's cool. Several okay. years, for several years, I had it in my head that, okay, you sell a person, Something one time, and that's it. You're done. Right. right. And so that's kind of what I – and so in my head I was thinking I'm coming out with this huge product that I'm going to sell, so I've got to save everything up for that. Well, finally I said, all right, I've got to get, got to get serious about this. I, I want to quit this job and do this full-time, so let's figure this out. So I had this product I've been working on for years and years and years that was a, a secret underground business ideas. And that was sort of my passion back then was these little-known business ideas. And Kick I, butt I idea landed. is
1: still out there, right? Kick butt idea. What, what, yeah. what was that? Yeah.
2: It's, it's secret underground business ideas. Um, okay. Yeah, if you just Google that, you can find the website. But um, I've been collecting these ideas, and try, I was going to come out with this like thousand page course. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I decided, you know, I've got like three hundred pages already. That's that's enough. Right. Because I was I was I was trying for perfection, which is a bad thing to do.
0: You Don't make ever a good point on that one. I
1: want to hit on that for a lot of people because I see it a lot in Internet marketing today. They waste a lifetime learning how to make a blog. They waste a lifetime learning about RSS feeds. And they ultimately forget the most important thing about sales is you got to sell something, and preferably yeah. what people want.
2: Yep. And, you know, by the time you come out with it, the only person that really mattered to was you. Your exactly. Customer, the customer didn't care. It's good enough for them. So I finally released this, this thing that I've been working on for 10 years. And I didn't have a I didn't actually have a website to sell it, I just had an email and I had these email addresses and so I sent out an email and I said here here's some bullet point the bullet points that described a few of the businesses, like fifteen or twenty of the businesses, you know, these little teasers, and I said, If you want this, I'm gonna be selling it for thirty nine ninety nine, but right now I'm testing it out at fourteen dollars and fifty cents or something for that right. effect. And I sent the email and I was scared to death. I mean, I literally was scared to death. That I had nobody to leave was going to show
1: up to the dance, right? I had mean, to
2: leave. I thought I wasn't going to get invited to the prom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to leave my computer. Me and a friend took our dogs to, to the park and just let it, let it rest for a while. What I was afraid of was, I'm not sure if it's, I was afraid of failure, afraid of success. I was, I was afraid that it wasn't going to work. And I was afraid that my dream was going to be killed.
1: Right, because you didn't had that basically then. you put a lifetime into this thing, and and, and, yeah. it, and it took you ten years, and in one day you're going to find out if you're a winner or a friggin' loser. Exactly,
2: basically. exactly. And that dream is something that had been keeping me going for a long time. You know, when I finally, you know, when I finally get to the point where I'm working for myself, it, you know, it's great to. To fantasize about that, but it's also an excuse that, to
1: fail if you never put it in the marketplace. Sure you can always it use an sure excuse is. I'm in the game, but you're not really in the game because you're not actually out there putting it in front of the public with a with a dollar figure on it.
2: Exactly, but you know I was all wrong in my thinking because you shouldn't base one test, uh, you know whether that's a success or failure, base your whole life on that. But, you know, I did. But it it all turned out, I came home from the park, and I had, I can't remember how many orders. It was almost $1,000 Wow! And then by the end of the day, I had over $1,000 in
1: orders. Do you know that product reminds me? I don't know if you're familiar. He is one of the old, old, he's no longer with us. And I wish I still had the book, because I find out now you can't even get it. It's out of print. I mean, really out of print. But it was a guy named George Halings, or Hastings. He wrote a book called Lifetime of Homework. He was the guy that used to run these funky little ads that said, like, woman in Colorado makes 400 a week with dirt. And that would all, all, all he would write. Then below that it would be how to use a simple tool uh, that you can find in your basement that generates 800 And it, what he did, he, and, and it was funny, he sold these for, he, the guy started out in the Depression and, and did mail order out of a tent. It's a, I believe it's George Halings or Hastings. Uh, the book was called lifetime of homework but it's amazing because what he did is he just scanned different newspapers whenever he'd find something interesting where somebody made money he'd just write you know write it up but in the actual ad he would just list bullets that were teasers and and he he later said that 70% of his customers just bought it just because they were more fascinated to find out what the hell you know a person did with bumblebee wings to make 400 a week or whatever absolutely that's
2: that's exactly what i was doing with underground business ideas mm-hmm. and I had copied that from—I don't know who the guy's name—but I bought a book in the uh, probably ninety, probably eighty-nine or ninety. Right. That was supposedly, I think, one hundred and one business ideas or something. You know like. what? I
1: think that's the same. Very, I, I very, very you, similar. I, I think that might be the same guy we're talking about. Could be. Uh, could be. But because, because that was one of his was, books. That was one of his. Books found was was, that the book wasn't that
2: good, and that no. it was because what you said is this, there was no substance to it at all. No, it was basically just a, a one paragraph describing it, and so I, w- I wanted to go into a lot more detail in, in what I gave, and
1: and you know right. I wrote
2: probably you know one or two page articles on each idea.
1: Right, and I think he might have too. Again, we might have the different guy, and this guy might have modeled it off this guy because George was around, I guess, so long, and got so many orders from all over the world that the postman, he, they didn't even have to put a. I guess the story goes that you didn't even have to put a zip code. It just came to him. He got so much mail. <laughs> It was pretty honorable and stuff, and it was a pretty fascinating. Uh, I'll see if I can send you the link to that after yeah. the show. Cause it's, it's a fascinating um, story, and the actual book, A Lifetime of Homework, I guess, if you can get it now, is 500 to to 1000 bucks, and they, he self-published it, and there's very few. I can't find them on eBay. I can't find them on any of the, like Dave's, uh, you know, that product Dave Valeris put out uh, on books. I've, I use every resource, and I can't. I think I saw one up there once for 750 bucks. So I had one too and lost it. I, I just want to kick myself for that. There's actually another guy before him, and his name I think it, I think his name was
2: John Fox. I think it's F O X X, and he was um, in the early 1900s.
1: Wow. He did the same sort of thing. That's it's just kind of a neat. People are still the, the curiosity factor is still something that works today. A lot of these old. Um, I, I've said it a lot. I think a lot of the old-school marketing tactics work better today simply because people are lazy and don't do them. I mean, everything from just, you know, like the handwritten envelope, um, and I don't mean on a mass level, but, I mean, there's a lot of things people can pull from the old-school stuff and, and make it work today better because, again, the competition doesn't do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, right
2: now, nobody ever mails their customers, ever. No. Ever. And people you know how not get mail. You know how many uh, uh, joint venture requests I get a day? I know. I, 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 I heard quite a few.
0: <laughs> three, three or
2: four. Three or four Sorry. a day by,
1: by email. Guess how many I get by snail mail? Uh, none. <laughs> I, got, I got one from um, – Well, if I had known your address, I would have hit you up by mail, bro, but I didn't know your address. Yeah, well, I it's, really, I hard to find, it's really hard to find. It's on my website and
2: every email I send out. But, you
1: know. Uh, well, you know what, though? I thought I looked that address up, and it looked to me like it went to some strip mall for a real estate company. I swear to God, I actually mean, no, like, that's a strip club. Strip oh, club. Okay, well, but my office is—I have an office in the back. It's on table seven. Yeah, but hey, check it out. How many JV requests you get where they actually book you on sales and marketing behind the eight ball?
2: <laughs>
1: See what I'm saying? How many. Okay, How many? well, so I scored some points there anyway. there's 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 a
2: there's a lesson here. <laughs> you know, if you want to joint venture someone, take the time to find their actual physical address and mail them a stinking letter. I, I you know totally what, agree. You know, what works
1: even, you know what works even better than that? Put, put a little bribe in that letter. Oh, I was going to hit you with the hot chick, and then you got civilized. I thought you were single, so I told Sylvia, hey, Cell, watch this. I'm going I'm to contact James Jones, and last I heard, he was single living with a dog. Um, and I got a Playboy bunny in my avatar there. I do know some chicks. That's one of the perks. I said, boy, watch this. Then you tell me you got a girlfriend. You killed that dream for me, too. You took all the cards all right, that I had to play and just... You know, left me hanging.
2: Yeah, sorry about that, but I still, you know, I, I still mess around though, so go ahead.
1: Okay, well, she, well now yeah. I would be be very careful what you say on the show because this is archived and she, she catches it. Oh, yeah. Hey, how has life changed now that you got the chick? Does it, are you like, it's like that movie, The Line of Rocky, where he says, you know, the worst thing that could happen to a fighter, Rock, happened to you, you got civilized. Um, you no, my, girl, in- my, girlfriend's, my girlfriend's
2: great. She, uh, I mean, me we're very much alike. We both like sports. Uh, we, we're both huge sci-fi geeks. We like the same TV shows. Um, cool. Yeah, so, and, and she's, she's a lot of fun. So, I mean, we, we well, just got back from Vegas a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, you told me that. You stayed down in Imperial where- Palace, which is cool, and you said it had, like, bad 80s music, and I'm thinking, man, there is no such thing <laughs> as bad 80s music, bro. It's good stuff. Um, let me ask you this, because I, I got somebody on the line, and, and like I said, Sylvia, and by the way, my partner in crime is sexy. She is hot, even though she is Canadian. Um, I mean, she really is. But um, you actually did a, and then we're going to get in, because I want to ask you about Micro Niche Finder, obviously. But you actually did a very controversial PS, and this is something I just loved. And it's something I want to try to ask Sylvia if she'd be willing to do because I think it's compelling but one of these um PSs you put out and I don't know what the product was said PS if you buy this product from my affiliate link um I'll let you sleep with my girlfriend is that that's not a rumor is it uh,
2: you must have a different James J Jones there must be more oh, Okay than, uh, okay uh, no that,
1: that
2: was uh that was before the girlfriend though so Oh okay
1: but I thought it was I thought it was groundbreaking and compelling and um I, hold on one second. Oh,
2: that was pretty good, but I like the, the second, the PPS was even better than that. I
0: don't like Remember it. That? It's a
1: family, well, it's not a family show. Uh, Sylvia Roth, are you there? I am. Let me ask you something. By the way, you're calling from Colab. Say hey to James Jones.
0: Hey, James.
1: Hey, Sylvia. How are
0: you doing? I'm doing good. It's definitely going to be interesting working with the two of you. Uh, listen to <laughs> me.
1: Would you be willing, Sil, if I do this JV and put this together? And by the way, you did mail James the letter, he just hadn't got it yet, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, see, she <laughs> mailed you the letters for the JV. Um, if if I actually put PSS, if you order this product from James's affiliate link, I'll let you sleep with Sylvia Roth.
0: No, nah, Would you nah, take nah, one nah, for nah. the team for me? No, no, no.
1: no. You wouldn't?
0: No, nope. no. Nope.
1: <laughs> you know, that you're breaking my heart here. I oh, want a bad sport. <laughs> there you go. Sylvia Roth lives in a shoe in Canada with 27 I... kids, James.
0: I do not. He's taken my five kids and turned them into being 27.
1: How many? James got two dogs. I have one dog. Oh, I have one cat. One dog cat. and a
0: girlfriend. Yeah.
1: Don't, and please don't get them confused.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey Phil, this is your chance to stroke James about how good Micro Niche Finder is, and oh, I, I, I think need he's you to. I've already
0: done that, and it's niche, niche, niche.
1: But you are Canadian, though, right? I am. Okay, yeah, we don't hold it. You're allowed to call <laughs> it me. she got enough fans up in like Canada that. to have a hockey team, I swear to God. All right, <laughs> so I'm going to put on the PSS. You get to sleep with Sylvia Robb. No, Do it for know. me. Do it because you love me, Syl.
0: No, no. Fine, then we'll put that it's with Vegas Vince and see how many is out.
1: Hey, man, I, uh, you know, how dare you? <laughs> anyway, hey, Syl, um Talk. I want to get. Well, I get you on the line. I want to. I want to skip up to micro niche Finder. James, run down. How did you come up with the concept? And because I assume that's probably one of your most, if not your most successful product. Um,
2: yeah, it's pretty close. I've actually. You know, I've got several products. I've had several products over the years, and it's. I don't think it's the most successful yet, but it's getting pretty close. Well, um, yeah. The The way I came up with it was. A few years ago, Google released this really cool labs tool called Google Suggest. Okay. And I was I, I pay real close attention to Google's labs because they they have some really neat stuff that Internet marketers can use. Um, and if someone out there, that would be a great theme for a blog. It's like tracking everything Google puts in the Google labs and, and is right, you know, how Internet marketers could could use it. Because I was going to do that, and I just don't have the time. But anyway... Um, they came out with Google Suggest, which basically would allow you to type in a letter or a word or whatever into the little search box and it would make suggestions for you on what you know what you're thinking about or what you what you um, other things it might have based off okay. that letter. So I figured out how to sort of um, crack into the code of it and it would only give you ten results at a time. Okay. And so I wrote a program that would go in and retrieve. It would it would feed it the letter A, right? And then it would feed it. it would get all those results back, and then it would feed it the letters A and get all those, and then A B, so on and so
1: forth. And so then we could get well, I hundreds. I would quit by now because you got me. My head's hurting listening to this. I okay. that's why I'm not techie like you and Sylvia. Uh, it, Sylvia well, it, anyway probably anyway, following all this. Okay. We figured out how to
2: how to go in and and just retrieve a bunch of results from it that were different than the results that you get from normal keyword tools. Okay. And so that's what the real benefit of it was. You get a, that this time it was Yahoo's uh, Suggest. You type in there, well, you get the same keywords everybody else was getting. Right. With, with the Google Suggest, you could get some really different stuff. You could type in a word like how-to. Right. And then you come back with um, 250 suggestions for the word how-to.
1: Now, are you talking how to like in brackets? Because I still do that. That's about as techy as I get. Are you just talking well, about punching in the word how? Because I know you can put stuff in brackets and it gives you a different. You know, it narrows it yeah, down or something. That's to that. using that's using add the uh, external tool though. This was oh, okay and now Google suggest
2: is actually built into the Google um, the, the main search tool now. Okay. So anyway, that's how Micro niche Finder started, and it was just a one it was a one page website that allowed you to go in and type in a term like type in how to, and it would return 250 different results that had the word how to. Okay, that's how it started. And it wasn't even a product I sold. I gave that product away just to get feedback from people, and people loved it. So then we took the whole thing and we wrapped it into a user interface and made it a desktop application. And then from there it evolved, and we eventually um, started using um, Google's external tool results instead of Google Suggest. Right. We still have the Google Suggest uh, code in there, too, so you can still use that to to get different suggestions. So it's just grown from there.
1: How many, ver- Sylvia, which version did you have, honey?
0: Um, I don't even recall. But I've But had you, it, it was a long time ago. Too. You got
1: in on that pretty early when James put it out or yeah, what? Yeah,
0: I've had it, oh, it seems like forever. I don't even know what version I started with.
2: Sylvia when you when you bought it, you also got lifetime free updates.
0: Oh, I know, I know, and I've been updating. <laughs> okay, I update every now time can, it comes out
2: and we're working on we're working on two major updates right now. so we should have four point five will be out in a couple of weeks, and that's sort of fixing some little problems that have cropped up and in, in some of the you know some of the places we get data from they they make changes, and we have to keep on top of that. And so we're working on a better way of doing that. And a few other little things. We have a background downloader that keeps breaking on different people's computers because they're downloading crappy software that replaces uh, DLLs and stuff. And so we're
1: working on that, too. Well, you two should date. You two should date each other because I don't know what the hell either one of you are talking about, but it sounds good. (laughs) Sylvia just shakes her head when she's down here because it's like uh, – you know, I can't. I, I'm struggling to get the computer turned on. She said, "Well, you got to have it plugged in." <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm about that inept.
2: Um All right, so I, I'll stop with the geeky stuff. though. just say that that we're here, we're coming out with two new releases, and you know, they'll be they'll be awesome.
1: Um, let me ask you this: Did um, like in Sylvia's case, I know that. Um, Still, you you were using that to you you did well affiliate marketing that product as well, didn't you, sweetie?
0: I did for quite some time, and then I moved into creating my own products.
1: Well, yeah, but you could still use, but you're still using the niche finder, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because James, when she came down to Florida and showed me that, I thought it was the coolest thing. And the thing is, like, I know some of our barter uh, members they use a reverse version of it. I don't know how to really explain this. Sylvia might be able to help me. But you know how when you use the micro niche, you're looking for a certain amount of hits. And you've got to kind of color coded, but what the guy, the one guy on the barter exchange is doing is he uses it to. I don't know how it works, Sylvia. Is he trying to find things that would probably be a no go on, in terms yeah, of using it? More the for,
0: red lights on my niche.
1: He's using the red light because those are the things that work better on barter. He's finding, and so yeah, you know, freeing, it, it,
2: and that's true with some other things too. so we're tr- we're actually going to be rethinking that whole red light, green light, yellow light thing, because it really depends on the way you're looking at it. I think the majority of people are looking for high search counts and low competition, and that's, right. what, that's what those are gauged off of. But there's some places where your competition doesn't matter, and I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, let's say that you're, you, you talked about that Kindle opportunity before, right. where basically you publish books on Kindle, and then you make money when someone buys one of the books, Mm -hmm. Well, Kindle, the Kindle people search using the Kindle. They don't search using Google. So that's really competition. Yeah, that's true. Your competition is not what's in Google. It's in what comes up on Amazon Kindle's site. And so there, it doesn't matter what the competition is in Google. What matters is how many people are searching for that keyword in the Kindle
1: that's really interesting because it's like in the barter exchange again we're talking about the ITEX corporation and I think why this guy's having success doing what he's doing and by the way he uses micro niche when it comes time for the internet stuff he uses it the way every, you know a lot of other people do with the green lights and stuff but because ITEX is 25,000 businesses the the demand is there the supply isn't there so what might be considered you know You know, like in the cash world, you might have 20,000 jewelry stores. On iTech, you might only have one or two. So it changes the dynamic because the supply and demand don't apply in the barter world like they do in the cash world. And I think that's why he's having success because he's pulling some funky stuff off that micro niche finder. But it would be stuff that he probably wouldn't sell in the cash world, but it's it's just selling like crazy on the barter exchange. It's just fascinating. I thought it was one of the coolest things I'd heard about you know, the two things kind of merging together because uh, he uses it both ways. It's just funny how it applies differently on the trade exchange for him.
2: Yeah, and that's really interesting, too. And that's that's something that we're thinking, well, we're definitely going to try to build into 5.0 to allow people to really define what parameters they're looking for. Absolutely. So we can then tell them, and so we can then make it stupid simple to tell them exactly which ones to go after and which ones
1: not. right. Um, let me ask you this. Tell me about your new project because I think that I've never, I, I was never even interested in PLR. And then you're, you started sending the emails, and it's, and it's. I, my favorite, of course, is the one where you took the public domain. And by the way, for you guys that don't know, there was a Dave Valerres. God, I butcher that poor guy's name. Um, you want to pronounce it's his actually, name? So. It's, yeah, it's Valier. Valier. Okay, he put out some uh, public domain PDFs. Um, years ago, and I actually bought them, and they're very good, and basically what James did is they ended up as, um, you know, private label rights, and Dave put them out, and you basically just changed the format, uh, repackaged them into, like, your normal little uh, Camtasia-style videos, and basically ended up doing, like, what, 43,000 in three weeks or something? It was crazy. Yeah, exactly,
2: and uh, about 100,000 the first year. Wow. Uh, One of the questions I get, though, is people ask me, well, how do you you, – reformat a PDF into a video. And people actually think there's some software they can get to do that or something, but no. But what we're saying is you take the information from the PDF reports or whatever it was. In this case, it was 10 private label rights reports that talked about the public domain. And I took the information from those and I actually applied the information and then videotaped myself applying the information on the the computer. I didn't actually videotape myself. You know, with the you know, personally, just a screen capture, right? Showing people how I had taken the information from those reports and used the information, and then when I sold the product, I sold the the reports and the videos, which was basically just a video case study.
1: What did you sell actually, that for? Forty-seven or fifty-seven? Something. I remember because I, I think um, I bought it.
2: It was forty-nine ninety-nine, I believe. Okay,
1: forty-nine ninety-nine. Okay.
2: Forty-nine. Yeah, forty-nine. And then Dave, Dave actually emailed me and said, "Hey, I got people here." They, they want your videos, but they've already got my reports. What do I what do? I, do? So I, I let him sell it for thirty nine ninety
1: nine. Oh, that's cool. That's that's really awesome. Uh, will you tell Sylvia um, that now? You, I, you told me that some people don't like Camtasia because they don't like her voice. I like her voice, but Sylvia is real brilliant. But I'm not sure how wild she is about the Camtasia. So it's not that hard, is it? And I can't do it's it. It's easy. So. It's easy, easy, easy.
0: Well, when I attempted. Uh, Mind you, it was like a year ago before I was quite so uh, internet <laughs> savvy, computer savvy. Well, I mean, it, it,
2: it used to be a lot easier because it used to be, uh, that used to not have all the features it has now. So the problem with it now is that it does so much stuff. You don't know, you don't know what to do. Where to
1: start? <laughs> where to start? And
2: really, you just need, um, you know, I could spend 10 minutes with you, to show you everything you need to know. There you go, Phil. How <laughs> much is that going to
1: cost me? Oh, how much you got? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as you, bro. <laughs> uh, well, the reason I say that, because, you know, you and I were talking about my project, and you were saying, you know, case studies are real important to, to show a product. And I'm thinking to myself, um, I don't want to look like an idiot when I had you on the phone, but I'm thinking to myself, the smartest person I know that I work with is Sylvia. And I know, I personally think she could do the Camtasia. We could make some really kick-ass um, case studies but that's why I was hoping that maybe you could uh, shorten her learning curve on it because she is pretty, she picks up everything quick, but I, I, I'm clueless on it, and I don't want to slow the project down either. So
2: Yeah, I'm sure I can, I can show her pretty quickly how to do it. So
1: Well, there you go, Sil the legendary Jay. Hey, Sylvia, um, did you hear Terry Gibbs call in? And that was offensive <laughs> to me. <laughs> yes. What do you think about that? Somebody tried to use my show as an audition for American Idol.
0: Uh, I don't know. It sounded kind of like you, Vinci. What?
1: <laughs> I don't think. So, James, can you believe she would accuse me of that?
2: I, I'm stunned. <laughs>
1: <Jesus>. <laughs> what's what's the new project? So anyway, back to the PLR. Um, you've got the ultimate PLR project out there, and this thing actually looks pretty damn cool. What's the deal in the web and push all that good stuff? Uh, no, nah, it's a dog, man. Don't bother me. <laughs> Stone Cold Loser? No, it's not. That actually looks pretty cool. Tell us a little no, about it. I mean, that.
2: basically, we're still we're still kind of test still kind of testing the marketing out on this, but it's uh, what we're doing is we're, we're releasing uh, a bunch, which is what I call the ultimate private label rights library. Okay. And the way we're releasing that is we're showing people different ways they can make money with private label rights. And one of the ways is what you mentioned before with the Kindle. Uh, right. Another way is. Um, I did an interview with a guy who is making money with private label rights and AdSense. And another interview with a guy that's doing article marketing, Chad Chad uh, Kimball.
1: Yeah, I want Phil to listen to that one because she's like the article marketing diva. She's really good at that. I thought that was a pretty interesting one. The guy with the AdSense wasn't real exciting, but the the one with the um, – the article, the article marketing—that was a pretty fascinating little. Yeah, the guy, little
2: little, little behind-the-scenes story. The guy with the AdSense—he was pissed at me when I was doing the interview because he's in the UK. Yeah. and uh, I you got my time out. zones. I got time, my time zones confused or something, and <laughs> I was like two hours late calling him, and he'd been leaving me messages and stuff, and the last message he left was was pretty rough. So wow. by the time I finally got, by the time I finally got uh, got up with him, he was pretty pissed. Well, you
1: know what? He should get over it. Yeah, do people well, know his realize, name. Was, I don't know. I didn't even know the dude's name. Now I can talk about him now that I know that. If you're out there listening, dude, you ought to have been honored you were on the phone with James J. Jones. How do you like me so far?
0: Huh?
1: Yeah, How do you call it like Yeah, it?
2: exactly, exactly. He should have been honored to be speaking with the legend, is legendary.
1: Legendary. legendary James I don't use that word very often except for myself. Just, yeah. Legend in my, legend in my own mind. Hey, did you ever get state. accused of being like a descendant of that dude who like spiked everybody's Kool-Aid over in Ghana? God,
2: no, I never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. ever well, wasn't that
1: his name, James Jones? Yeah. is not that dude who yeah. like, I mean, I'm not. I,
2: don't,
1: I, don't I even was in. That. I was in high school when it happened, and yeah, I got. Okay, I, got well, I didn't know that, know that quite was like a bit. A, Okay, I didn't know because. Um, if I'm going to share somebody's name, I, I, you'd prefer it was, like, you know, Al Pacino or somebody, you know, that actually, or, but, you know, instead yeah, of somebody um, notorious. Let me
2: just put it this way.
1: People used to call me Jim back then.
2: <laughs> I gotcha.
1: Now it's. Now, do you got to use, like, when we address you, do we have to say, like, um, James J. Jones, or? Well, the I, reason
2: I use the J is just because there are so many other James Joneses out there. That's and true. This, this is a terrible Internet marketing name. Yeah I, yeah, I was gonna
1: say you can you can uh, James Jones. There's a lot of them in my phone book. So, no, that's interesting. Well, what is the big so so wh- where are we at right now? I mean, what is what are you looking to do in the next year besides try to sell a lot of my stuff? Hopefully, but are you do you have other projects out there? Anything else you want to talk about? I'm giving you the free reign here to just pimp yourself out.
2: Yeah, we got another keyword tool we're working on that. Uh, it's actually sort of the reverse of MicroNiche Finder. It will in MicroNiche Finder. You sort of start with a Keyword and then it finds other stuff for you. In this case, you would start from um, the point of view. Well, and everybody wants high, high search counts, high search count keywords and low competition keywords. Right. Well, this starts from that, and it says and it gives you keywords that are that are high searched and hopefully low competition because what we're doing is we're looking for brand new keywords. Keywords okay. that just, you know, come on the radar screen. Not under the radar. No, these are ones that flash <laughs> on the. I mean, they're, they're basically they're they did not exist last month, and then well, all of a sudden so, this How is that possible
1: month, for somebody like me who is clueless? Uh, and and Sylvia probably there laughing because I'm so ignorant about stuff like this. But how does a new keyword come along? What does that mean exactly?
0: Because oh, they didn't invent
1: new words in the language. What what? The a a, a new product <laughs> is released. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. That's that's one way. Okay, well, that's true. That's why I'm asking. I, honestly, I That's because I know that, that I've heard that term before, and I'm thinking, okay, new keyword, okay, as it relates to a new product. That makes sense to me. I'm sorry. Now, do you want me to tell you how we're going to be able to get these keywords? I'd love to
2: hear it. Let me tell you, let me tell you that one. This all right. Good. It's magic.
1: <laughs> oh, that's
2: all you need to know.
1: Hey, I heard you could bend spoons with – now, this is a true story. Sylvia, check this out. Somebody told me that James Jones actually did a seminar or something, and he's he can legitimately bend spoons with his mind. I'm not making that up. What do you think?
0: I think that's crazy.
1: You think it's crazy? <laughs>
0: yes.
1: You don't believe it?
0: I don't know.
2: <laughs> I, I
1: was, I'm telling you, there's some YouTube clip out there where he was bending spoons with his mind. The only way I could do
2: that is, is if I could actually... Beat the spoon with my head. And then like, <laughs> my then like, bend the spoon with my
1: mind. Yeah, that that would well, work. <laughs> uh, well, Phil, I'm going to make sure that you get some quality time with James so you can learn this camtasia so we can get some case studies to him. Um James, we we got about five minutes, bro. What, go ahead. I want you. What sites? I mean, I always try to send people, but like I said, you do a blog. You update it like once every century. Like you do the year-end predictions, which are really cool. But where people want to, like buy. Let, let me just put it like this: If somebody wants to go buy some of your stuff, where do they go? Right, let me do another prediction. I love, I love predictions. Let me <laughs> do a mid-year prediction. Okay.
2: Twitter, Twitter is history. Twitter okay. is done. Twitter is done. This time next year, you, you, you won't even know what Twitter. You won't even understand the, what word, the word "Twitter" means. Really? Why? Why
1: do you think that is?
2: Um. Well, either one of three things is going to happen to Twitter. Number one, they're going to get bought out by somebody else that's just going to absorb them. Okay. Number two, they're going to have so much, so many hacker attacks that they're not going to be able to survive. The, the problem with Twitter is Twitter is just too darn good. They're, they allow people to communicate too quickly. Um, uh, terrorists and communist governments are not going to. To stand by while, while Twitter exists. Oh well, you know what? Away. You
1: saw that over here in the Iranian elections, The that exactly. the, Some of the only information that was coming out of Iran was based on Twitter. I, you know what? Who that's do you think?
2: Who do you think is responsible for the ter- for the, uh, the terrorist attack for the, uh, for, the uh, for the the, the, the denial service attack on Twitter? Um,
1: <laughs> I could say. I it, don't but think I won't. he
0: even knows what they are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's going to happen or. Or you know, you two, I don't need this. If you two are going to make me look like a complete idiot on this show, it's still my show now, guys.
2: All right. <laughs> All right okay, so anyway, anyway I'm just predicting Twitter, Twitter's
1: history. Okay. Uh, so my
2: sites, dot Dotcom. Gotcha. Oh, it could be MicronicheFinder.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sylvia, you need to realize something. By the way, Sylvia's not French-Canadian because if she was, we wouldn't even speak. Um, She's one of the few decent Canadians up there, though, James. She really is. She she has running water too in the shoe, <laughs> <laughs> and telephone service, evidently.
0: Yeah, and internet
1: and. Wow. <laughs> and and she can read it right. <laughs> it's shocking. You know, you know, it's interesting, uh, niche
2: though. Uh, years ago, I put up a website, and one of the one of the words in the headline was the word niche. And I actually spelled it N I T C H and for about a year I didn't even realize it.
1: Sylvia so. says you don't say kitsch for quiche, so you don't say niche for niche. Is that right, Phil? Yes.
0: Yes. Go to uh,
2: dictionary
1: dot com and
2: they do pronunciations now and dictionary dot com pronounces it niche. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and by the way well, there is a it doesn't sound right.
2: There's
1: not a woman out there who wants to sleep with a man who says niche. You don't have any manhood if you say niche. <laughs> Would you have sex, you Sylvia, said with somebody that said niche?
0: You just said it three times now. Oh,
1: niche. I meant.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry. Anyway, I'm glad. I'm glad the creator of MicroNicheFinder.com calls it what it is. So. Anyway, James, man, um, I didn't send uh, that, that J.V. request by snail mail. Sylvia sent it from Canada. It means it's coming by a friggin' dog sled, but you'll get it. And um, I sent the other one to the strip club, and uh, we will have case studies. And man, it has been fun. This has been kind of a fun show. This is not your normal boring, warm and fuzzy sales and marketing show, is it?
2: No, absolutely.
1: Yeah. You're supposed to feign some sort of excitement here.
2: I'm, I, I just
1: I just passed out there for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, how oh, oh boy. See, I got to bite my tongue here too. This is the part where I can't say anything. <laughs> hey man, it it has been truly. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And hopefully, we can get this project rolling. And your stuff, like I said, guys. Micro dot com if you're not aware of it, it, it really is a kick ass little tool. And um anything else, James? I'll let you take it home, brother. Uh that's it.
2: Um uh, enjoyed the show, this
1: Hey man, I appreciate it. And Phil, um get with James or something, um and learn that Camtasia so we can get that rolling. And uh guys, I guess I'll just uh do my normal uh may you live to see the dawn, may all your dreams come true, may you always remain forever young. And may you always stay under the radar. Anyway, Vegas fans, peace. Good night.